so excited that we're finally kicking off the A13 Collective. Yeah, it's exciting to see everyone finally come together, and I look forward to our uh, kind of conference or kickoff next weekend too, like our little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, man, I mean, well, for those listening, I guess stay tuned. We'll have a lot. Just I would say at this point, uh, maybe go look on Instagram for the Eight One Three Collective and start following along there, and we'll talk more and more maybe about what's happening there. But for those joining us for today, welcome to Tampa Talk. It's February. 24th and i'm john and i'm dahlia and thank you for joining us so what are we talking about well this week in tampa history there's a very extensive and kind of in-depth but the 96 seminoles were brought to tampa bay on february 25th so tomorrow 1839 and they were brought to be loaded onto a boat and brought west um and go up the mississippi river to oklahoma this is about a that's 200 years 180 years ago Mm -hmm. i guess and this is during the Second Seminole War. Uh, so this is what, 18, yeah, eighteen thirty nine, right? And they, so I mean, I mean, the Florida history with the natives here is just absolutely horrendous. And they would actually dub this the the Seminole Trail of Tears. And I think it was like Seminole tribes and black allies, which would become known as the Black Seminoles, are a huge part of these folks. And like over the next couple of months the removal would be tremendous. But these are people coming from all over Florida. It's just Tampa's a port city, right? So mm-hmm. they're deporting people on these boats over here. Um, I really encourage everybody to kind of like double click on even the link we put in the newsletter. Um, we'll go to kind of a timeline that we really just pulled this specific date out of. But what a what a rabbit hole of, um, I mean, uh pretty shameful history yeah. yeah and that's not talked about enough like i don't think we do we do a good enough job of educating people on indigenous kind of history um over the last 200 years so it's a good opportunity you know tampa played a role in that um florida was a safe haven for a while as people fled to this kind of like uncharted area because it wasn't the, the u.s right exactly yeah, yeah which is how you ended up a lot a lot of the black population down yeah. here um, but yeah, it's, it's a good, uh, good reminder of this kind of, like you said, shameful history and something to kind of, uh, dive deeper into in other, um, modern day news. So 180 years forward, uh, the Tampa has received a federal grant for $5.3 million. And that's about half of what they're total spend will be on this project but ultimately they're going to use it to rework the downtown connectivity and so specifically the ashley drive interchange is a center point of this uh development and i guess because it's like raised that interstate exit um it kind of cuts off the street grid and makes it very difficult for cyclists and pedestrians to get around and so they're actually going to lower the ashley drive exit and kind of improve that walk bike environment um, off around the I-275 there. And so the exit's going to be a focus point, but they're also going to include new bicycle and pedestrian routes. They're going to create street connections that don't currently exist. They're going to support um, development for mixed and affordable housing along the ground floor. They're going to launch a or establish a community advisory committee and create different opportunities for green infrastructure uh, in this area as well. So this total project is going to be over $10 million and the federal government supporting uh, just about half of that. Also in Tampa news and actually um, kind of on the topic of black history month, the city has announced a soul walk 
Uh, so mm. Tampa Soul Walk. And I think this is a kind of a cool project. So it's a new art and heritage trail that tells about the rich history of Tampa's black communities and highlights kind of the diversity of present day Tampa. It's going to include 46 miles and 25 neighborhoods. 46 miles. Wow. Yeah. So it's more of like a self-guided tour. Yeah. Um, you can find the kind of tour they're suggesting at tampa.gov slash soul walk. And you can actually like give your input. If you email soulwalk at tampa.gov, um, or if you want to sponsor, you can email them there too. Um, some of the things that they pointed out that are on the on the Soul Walk are the scrub houses. So the last remaining homes of the pioneering black community that lived in the scrub neighborhood post-Civil War. I'm very curious which house. I mean, there I can... Those, so these there's are an specific, interstate sitting on top of what was the scrub down there. Yeah, so these are only like the two remaining homes left, kind of that... Um, oh, I need to find out which homes those are. I didn't... I, I would have... I mean, that was a decimated community, so I'm uh, not aware of any houses. That's interesting that there is something they're pointing to. Mm -hmm. The articles, the article we shared actually has images of where this is. You can't identify, I personally couldn't identify where that is, but it just looks like, like you said, off an in interstate. Um, Perry Harbor Senior Park is another one that they're emphasizing on. And then just dozens of other public art installations, historic landmarks, museums, uh, cemeteries, and more. So like I said, there's a hundred stops that visitors can explore over 46 miles and 25 neighborhoods. Wow. And they're hoping to just continue to kind of um, develop this concept of Tampa Soul Walk. So I think it's a really cool project. No, that's awesome. I'm really excited to kind of take that tour. There's like, a, what, 100 stops? That's incredible. Yeah. And like I said, you can find that map at tampa.gov slash soul walk. on it. This is awesome. And it leads you to like an interactive map of different places that you can go from the like St. Paul Church. Um, Love it. Oakland Cemetery, which I know we've uh, spoken about before. Um different like plaques that honor different individuals that like have made a difference. Uh, the medallions on Zach street, which mm. I didn't even know existed until I took a look at this map. Um, but yeah, lots of different things that kind Probably. of, uh, can be used to remember black, um, black Americans in the Tampa Bay area. Furthermore, um, speaking of history, uh, there is a incredible exhibit being launched at the Tampa Bay History Center March 4th through October 15th in the Wayne Thomas Gallery. And so this is actually um, the, the, the exhibit's about birds, but the actual technique is the, the kind of interesting part. And so this is um, a technique that it's an etching process. So that's a combination of drawing, sculpture, and painting. And it is the oldest printing process in the world. Yeah. And so it's done on copper, on like layers of copper. Um, and yeah, this the, this gentleman is uh, just known for the way that he does this work. And he's been doing it for his entire life. And wow. it's not a super practice, you know, art medium anymore. But they're beautiful. Just on the internet. They look beautiful. Like yeah. I haven't been in person and you can see the level of detail just through a digital image. So it should be really cool to see in person if you have the time. Well, so, you know, we will say on this show a lot that, you know, we'll, we'll say today. Um, and I think it's, and sometimes we mess up because we'll, you know, we actually record, you know, a day ahead of time, as you would imagine, since we're not is coming out at six on Friday. And so this next piece of information is hard to, report on because it is Thursday when we're recording and this is happening tonight actually when we're recording but when you hear this 
it may have already happened. So Florida is set to execute um, the first inmate they have executed in four years. And that's tonight. Um, so when you're hearing this Friday morning, if nothing stops that, which it's looking like most of the things that would will not, um, the, gov- the governor has signed his death warrant actually on Monday. Um, they are set to execute Donald Dilbeck, who's 59. So Donald was convicted of fatally stabbing a woman during a carjacking at a mall in Tallahassee back in 1990. But the stabbing happened two days after he actually escaped from custody, where he was serving a life sentence for killing a sheriff's deputy in 1979. Um, so these consecutive kind of murders and uh, there's tons of, um, let's say, protest and people trying to I mean, it, even for those, no one is advocating for Donald being like <laughs> out and about. Right. Um, but there is a question around just I don't know being a place that we kill people who kill people to tell everyone else that it's wrong to kill people. And it's a, it's a confusing thing. So kind of wherever you come down on the, the idea of execution, um, this is a, a a thing that a lot of people are really uh, up in arms about and particularly around Florida's process for that, um, which you can go and read about in the article that we posted in word on the streets. Um, But in, in any case, um, when you're hearing this, um, likely it will have happened uh, the night before. Um, but Donald Dilbeck uh, is set to be executed at 6 p.m. on Thursday. And this article really talks, too, about um, how there's a bill trying to be passed in the state legislature, which would reduce the number of jurors needed to give someone a death sentence. So I think that also magnifies kind of the issue that we're talking about today, because this bill is currently... Um, you know, in, in discussion. So currently mm-hmm. you require a unanimous decision for a death sentence and this state legislature would reduce the number of jurors needed. Um, and only a few states do not require a unanimous decision, like Alabama being one of them. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting too. I think, like you said, it's a, obviously a confusing kind of conversation about the whether the death sentence is appropriate or not. Um but it's being added to like kind of we're moving towards this mentality that maybe it's more appropriate than less appropriate. Yeah. I mean, we rarely on this show say like, oh, but I'll just say like, I, I don't think we should be killing people, period, uh, for any reason ever. I just I'm just into life. Right. So I'm not I'm not a fan. Um, I know people out there argue about this, but I don't know. I feel like it's at least worth stating. Um, but this is happening and it hasn't happened in a few years, which I think is something to celebrate that it's we've been several years um, without this. And it's tragic that we have people out there running around killing people that are even in it, that are even people for whom we have like such a problem or such a problem in society that we're even needing um, <laughs> prisons and executions and things like that. It's tragic, but um, that is what's going on. Yeah. So you can follow up probably um, like you said, by the time this comes out with what ended up happening. I'm actually curious as to how he escaped from custody. Cause like if he was in jail serving a life sentence, how do you escape? I, mean, I, people, would, I would want to re- learn more about that. People escape. Yeah. There's probably yeah. a bit of a story there. Yeah. Um, in other event news, so we have a couple free events that we wanted to share uh, happening this weekend. So Bloom on Franklin, um, which happens once a month, um, is having a two-day art and music festival oh, awesome. Friday and Saturday over on North Franklin Street. 
And so this is like a collective of artists and musicians that partner with local businesses to bring up this event. And it's a donation-based art event. So um, tickets are free, but you can donate to help kind of support their cause. Then we have our uh, Fiesta Day, which I never heard of this, but I guess Ybor has a Fiesta Day. So it's the 76th annual celebration of uh, immigrant culture and heritage and features uh, local vendors and businesses and restaurants. And this is just happening on 7th from 11 to 6. There's, uh, if you click on the link, you can find out like different, there's like different ceremonies and stuff happening at specific times. But just generally, you can just go to 7th Street on Saturday and it should be more of a party than it even it usually is in the middle of the day. And Amazing. 7th Street in general, best time to visit it is in the daytime, in my opinion. I think a lot of people get stuck around Ebor being like a nightclub area. Um, it's like my favorite place in the, like on a weekend. Are you talking about Seventh Avenue? Yeah, not Seventh Street. Streets oh, run the I, other direction. I've been saying street. streets are perpendicular. Okay, Seventh <laughs> the Ebor Seventh. Um, and then in um another local like another community partner event that I want to just share about quickly. It's called um, it's being held at the uh, e- uh, community garden by a community partner um, that runs 813 hood garden. And um, it's a cool event to kind of share di- uh, stories told. So it's, be- it's called black in the garden and it's a cool event that's sharing stories um, around a dinner. And so the address is a one zero 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 four North 11th street. Um, so it's kind of about that two seventy five uh bush kind of point and so yeah it's gonna be art and stroller storytelling food and drink this is not a free event so if you're interested in learning more you can reach out to 813 hood garden help at gmail.com and um and yeah learn more about what this event is doing in honor to celebrate uh black heritage month and then finally we have our own event going on john do you want to give listeners a little bit more about yeah, that yeah so this is super cool and um there is a play coming out by mark lieb who is absolutely a brilliant writer um called when the righteous triumph and it is about the sit-ins that took place right here in tampa uh, at the woolworths um, uh protests during the civil rights for the desegregation of the lunch counters um mark I actually just interviewed him like a long form conversation. A big part of that conversation was about this play. So I encourage you guys to go um, to the work ethic podcast.com and listen to the most recent episode with Mark Lieb to get a little bit of a preview kind of of what this play is about. But he did a tremendous amount of research, found all the newspaper articles. There's still some people alive. Actually, the dude that started the sit-ins is still alive here in Tampa. He sat down with and interviewed him. Um, interviewed some key leaders from then and did a tremendous amount of research. So it's like a play, but it's kind of like a documentary. I don't even know what you call that, but like a historical, uh, uh, you know, historical, whatever. It's a play. And we, that will be running actually at Stageworks over the course of like the second half of March and early April, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday showings, like they normally do when they have plays going on. And we encourage you guys all to go to those. If you would like to join us, well-built cities, and we have uh, this cohort that we referred to in the beginning, the 813 Collective, this kind of cohort of leaders that we've gathered and are really trying to um, introduce them to lots of like cool things about Tampa history and love for their own city. So we reached out to Mark and um, and Stageworks, and we worked out a deal to get a private showing on Thursday, March 30th. Um, 
I roughly have, I still have to talk to them on the final uh, timing, but I have it like broken out like 630 at Stage Works. Um, we will be gathering for a showing of a private showing of this. And we do have some extra seats available beyond the 813 Collective. And we are making those available to all of the holders of the 813 Jolly Roger, which by the way, they're still available to mint. And I believe there's enough seats that we're going to be able to give each of the holders a plus one as well. Um, and then if there is a remainder, we will make the tickets available for sale um, at, uh, we believe like $55, which is like in support of our work and also kind of the cost of the night that we, for stage works itself. Um, and, but by the way, if you were going to buy a plus one, you, that price is almost identical to what it would cost you to mint an 813 Jolly Rogers. So I encourage you to get onboarded with your um, kind of web three identity and Minna Jolly Roger and come on this ride with us because this is just the first of many uh, events and perks that are going to come for holders. Uh, but we are really excited. And then Mark himself is going to be there that night and is going to, when the, when the play is over, is going to pull up a chair in front and we are going to have a conversation with him and he'll be there for Q and a and talking about the process and writing and any questions that the audience has. So we're super pumped about that. Hope you guys will come out. Um, if you do need to mint a Jolly Roger, just go to wellbuilt.city slash Jolly Roger. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's super exciting. It's, it's right around the corner and we hope you guys will join us. Thanks for sharing that, John. Uh, we also put out an article this week. Uh, I wanted to highlight this one. Uh, we have a volunteer with Wealthhead Community and just, you know, she's even on our advisory uh, board. Her name is Pathima. She's a registered dietitian by trade and she has been putting together these articles. This one this week, um, she talked about how we did a sweet potato recipe uh, with a kind of a unique sweet potato, a Japanese sweet potato. Which have mm. come to be my favorite sweet potatoes. Yeah, they're good. With Wellfed, we always do recipes that uh, include ingredients that come through our kinship free market or are accessible at our community gardens. And so we've been getting this Japanese sweet potato over the past month, a bunch, like tons of them. Yep. And so that's why we've used this recipe now a couple times. Anyways, Fatima reflected on like the work that we do, this recipe specifically, and kind of why it was such a hit in the community. And so, um, yeah, I encourage people to go check it out at wordonthestreets.xyz, which you can subscribe to as well. Please do. You can also join us on Discord, uh, where you can comment, rate, and share, and talk about Tampa Talk. And if you have a Jolly Roger, join a Jolly Roger channel, and, and kind of just stay connected with the work that we're doing. Uh, we'll also be out at Harvest Hope this morning from 10.30 to 12 and the Ybor Street Community Garden from 10 to 12. So catch us out there. There's a lot going on. All right. Well, that's what we're talking about, everyone. And thank you for joining us. Until next time. Y'all be good.